Let's get it. AJL, ladies and gentlemen, episode eight is alive and well. We are live on a Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, wherever you're listening at. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you like the stream wherever you're at, especially if you're on YouTube, please. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button as well. Hit the bell. You'll never miss a post. We know the QR code that's in the top left or right of your screen. I don't know my uh, proportions here. I'm just the host, guys. But scan that. Every bit of podcast content that we got. If you can't scan that for some reason, check us out at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms. As this NFL offseason continues to roll along, we got to talk about DeAndre Hopkins possibly getting dealt. We got Jalen Ramsey in the trade rumors. And shocker, the Bears are apparently going to move off of the number one overall pick as we get into this NFL draft. But as always, go ahead and get in the comments, like the stream wherever you're at. Uh, you know how you're feeling tonight. Hope everyone's having a great Tuesday so far. And as always, if you're brave enough, call the show. 678-480-8716 for a friendly debate, for a heated debate, whatever you might want it to be. I uh, want to make sure I'm not blowing y'all's ears out here. It kind of sounds loud, but either way, I think we're going to get through it, right? Eight episodes in. We're good to go. Appreciate everyone tonight. Darby, as always, the first gentleman. You will always get the first uh, comment salute of the show. But let's go ahead and get into episode eight, guys, because we've got, again, this NFL offseason continues to move along. And first up on the docket here, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins, he is in the trade mill. Whether the Cardinals move off of him or not, we do know that the Arizona Cardinals are potentially shopping him. And uh, I, I hate to see this because I loved it when DeAndre Hopkins came over. Kyler Murray was clearly taking some steps with him. Kyler never really feel like, you know, like, of course, he did have that MVP season under him, but he never really took that leap and, and had as much production as I would have liked to see. Um, obviously with DeAndre Hopkins there. But without further ado, let's talk about a good bit of teams here in the league. I'm not going to say a good bit, but some teams here, obviously. I want to make sure because I feel like I am just clipping right now. Let's knock this mic gain down just a little bit. There we go. Just want to pick back up for some reason. Let's see. Knock it down some more. Let's see. Is it going to bring it back up? What are we going to do here? You're going to let me control you. You're going to control me. Y'all just let me know if the audio is too bad. I feel like I'm clipping my ears off, so I don't want to be hurting anyone else. But all right. So the first team is going to be the Buffalo, uh, excuse me, the Buffalo Bills for DeAndre Hopkins. And we know that Stefan Diggs is there. No question about that. He's a wide receiver one. And um, whether you want to say so or not, it, it looks like he continues to get better every single season with the with the yards, obviously, with the catches, with the touchdowns. He's always going to be uh, due for what it seems like double digit touchdowns in a season. Um, but I do feel like, you know, right now with with Stefan Diggs and again, the numbers are supporting it. But Josh Allen needs. I just feel like one extra offensive player to really help get them over that hump. And, and I mentioned it, you know, in the in the short that I posted or, uh, you know, the reel that I posted before we went live. And I need to make a move, whether it's a running back, whether it's a splash right here with DeAndre Hopkins. And I have respect for Gabe Davis. I have respect for Isaiah McKenzie. But at the end of the day, I think they truly are wide receiver two or threes at best. You bring in a D hop and some people might not agree that maybe it's going to be too much for you know, two number one receivers to be on a team. But I feel like if you're really looking to take that leap, and I think running back would be a better option, but you you wouldn't go wrong with DeAndre Hopkins here. No question about it. This is another big play, sharp route running, best hands in the league type of receiver for Josh Allen. And, and it wouldn't hurt. He'd be another veteran in the house. Um, and, and I think him and Diggs would be able to balance evenly. Yes, could we have some games to where Diggs or Hopkins aren't getting the looks they want? Of course. Uh, but I think they're both in it for the bigger picture. I know both of these guys, you know, are going to go down as legends. They want to be able to obviously have a ring. And I think this would be a great move here for the Buffalo Bills. The Jaguars would be another awesome spot for DeAndre Hopkins as well. And when you look at Calvin Ridley is going to be coming back from suspension this year. Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson clearly had some gelling, some mending that they did in the season. And, and Trevor Lawrence looked great. Believe it or not, from week nine on, only Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow graded higher than Trevor Lawrence for pro football focus quarterback grades. And that was in Trevor Lawrence's second year as a starter. One year removed, obviously, from the horrible Urban Meyer experiment. So he had a lot of things to shake off. Clearly came in this season and did his thing. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, clearly, again, 10-year veteran. He would make Trevor Lawrence, I feel like, in his third year, look elite in the NFL. Christian Kirk, solid wide receiver three. I have a lot of respect for him. He's not really... Uh, a guy that I feel like gets a lot of respect. And of course, he's not going to be a dude out here commanding the defense and, you know, putting up 12, 1300 yards a season, but he is very respectable. Uh, and I liked him a lot out there in Arizona. 
This is the youngest roster in the NFL as well. I think they're about an average of 25 or 26 years old talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. So again, veteran presence would be absolutely welcomed. You look on the defensive side of the ball, they did, I mean, they were okay, right? They've got some names that they look forward to. But of course, in terms of the offensive side, well, really, I, I mentioned the defensive side to, you know, kind of complement the entirety of the team. But DeAndre Hopkins, nonetheless, would be absolutely great to the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Want to make sure I'm staying up to date on the chat. Audio is good. Thanks so much, Darby. I can always count on you, man. Now, DeAndre Hopkins to the Ravens could be another nice possibility as well. Of course, they have to keep Lamar Jackson to make this something that would be even entertainable or for even anybody to listen to this take here. Um, but this would give Lamar Jackson, again, an actual, for the first time in his career, Yes, I know there's been Mark Andrews. Yes, I know there's been Hollywood Brown, but Hollywood Brown was so hit or miss. Mark Andrews, obviously, if you blanket him, where do the Ravens go? Um, kind of having some of that running back uh, unhealthiness, you know, in the in the room the last few years. So bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, again, a big play, sharp route running, just over the top guy that could really, really benefit the Ravens here. I think he's the best hands in the league, by the way. Um, you know, the, the Hollywood Brown days weren't necessarily the nicest. Like I said, they they looked good at times, but it did feel very inconsistent. And this would be the very first time that Lamar Jackson would be able to have an elite wide receiver one. Maybe you start those talks with DeAndre Hopkins early on so you can kind of incentivize Lamar to come back. I don't think Lamar wants to leave. But nonetheless, I would I would love to see this combo in the NFL, no doubt about it. Of course, an obvious one would be uh, DeAndre Hopkins to the Kansas City Chiefs as well. I mean, Mahomes to D-Hop, need I say more, literally. Uh, everyone would be tripping out if this trade absolutely happened, and everyone was tripping out when I was saying that Kadarius Tony is not a wide receiver one, but, I mean, he just isn't. I think he was a reach in the draft. Yeah, he was solid at Florida, but we've seen the temper with him. Um, played good in the Super Bowl. Clearly, he's a champion now. Clearly, he had a couple of big plays, but I just don't believe Kadarius Tony is a wide receiver one. We know Travis Kelsey is the focal point of the Chiefs um, of the Chiefs offense. And DeAndre Hopkins, I just think, would be insane with an Andy Reid, with a Patrick Mahomes at their disposal, be able to work around him. And, and I feel like you could use him in that offense. You could use DeAndre Hopkins in any fashion, run a go route, run a curl, um, run an in, you know, run a drag route, whatever you would want. Hell, even have D-Hop block. He's, he's got the size, right? But DeAndre Hopkins, again, with Patrick Mahomes, need I say more. And then the last team that I'm going to go with here is the Green Bay Packers. And this is kind of like the Ravens. This is a big if the Packers keep Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers wants to still be in Green Bay, which some people think he is. You can't turn down the, the 50 to 60 million that A-Rod is going to be looking at next year. But Aaron Rodgers to DeAndre Hopkins, I think, would be disgusting as well. That would really feel like a Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers 2.0 kind of matchup here. Same type of receiver. And again, I feel like that would incentivize Rodgers to come back to Green Bay with a 10-year veteran alongside Christian Watson, who clearly came around last season. Romeo Dobbs uh, took him a little bit to gel in there, but I could just see a really nice wide receiving core there. Again, with Aaron Rodgers throwing to them, it's it's always going to be a good day and a good outing. Um, and just giving him a weapon, catering to Aaron Rodgers. We know that this is what Aaron Rodgers needs, and I'm not going to sit here and, and go on about A-Rod and say that he's this needy guy, but giving him someone like that. Look, Devontae Adams just got out of town and still put up almost 15 touchdowns and 1,500 yards with Derek Carr and a very, very shaky a very shaky Raiders team. Bringing in a DeAndre Hopkins, like, like I say that to say Aaron Rodgers misses that. He wants that. I know he didn't want Devontae Adams to leave. There's no question about that. So being able to bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, to me, they're kind of the same receiver. Like I would give D-Hop the hands over Devontae, but I would give Devontae the speed and obviously the route running over D-Hop, but I mean, I would take either one on a coin flip any day, and I know I know Aaron Rodgers would as well um, and want to call him back also. Excuse me. Appreciate everyone that's in the show tonight. We're about nine minutes in, and those are going to be my DeAndre Hopkins landing spots. Now, he does have a no-trade clause, which could be a little bit risky, unfortunately, um, but at the end of the day, DeAndre Hopkins will more than likely not be an Arizona Cardinal. And I just realized I didn't even put the graphic up. So just to show everybody, that was the graphic there. It'll be easier on TikTok when I'm not cutting it. But either way, that was DeAndre Hopkins' trade destinations. We'll go back through it real quick. The Bills would be great next to Stephon Diggs. I got respect for Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, but D-Hop is D-Hop. Josh Allen would love that. The Jaguars next to Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk is there. Even Evan Ingram. Um, clearly Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson gelled. The Ravens, again, they would have to keep Lamar Jackson, but that would be major to give Lamar his very first ever wide receiver one in his career. 
the Chiefs, Mahomes, the D-Hop, need I say more, and then the Packers. It would really feel like an Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams 2.0. I don't know if it would be as good, but there would be a lot of similarities and comparisons with it early and often. DeAndre Hopkins landing spots. Let me know what you think. Get in the comments. Do you think he's going to leave? Where is he going to go? Where do you want to see him go? Ladies and gentlemen, always you can call the show 678-480-8716. Again, 678-480-8716. You can debate me. You can bring up whatever topic you like. It doesn't have to be the NFL. NFL is about 99.99% of what I eat, sleep, and breathe. But if you got something about the NBA, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, boxing, whatever it is, come on the show. I welcome you to bring your topic. And with that, we will venture into our first sponsor break of the night. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL. For all your worldwide real estate needs, make sure to contact them. The handle is there below and in the description, wherever you're watching this live, wherever you're catching us on YouTube. Um, whether you need to get a dream home, excuse me, buy your dream home, you want to sell, sell the house and get you some equity, or you want to add to your retirement plan and get your rental property, Buy and sell with AJL. Make sure you do contact them. Get on that exclusive newsletter that they write every single month. And um, you can never go wrong and definitely stay ahead of the daunting media headlines. Now, as we roll through the show, as we roll through the NFL offseason, you did hear me mention at the beginning that Jalen Ramsey is officially, uh, I, I don't know if you'd say on the trading block, but the news has come out that the Rams are open to trading Jalen Ramsey. And this is, again, pretty crazy because Jalen Ramsey, top three corner in the league, top five corner in the league, whatever you want to call him. We know that he plays well. He's got himself kind of an island over there. You can bring him in to protect the run. Um, they obviously have also cut uh, Bobby Wagner, which is very crazy to me. Best uh, best linebacker in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Clearly been a legend, is a legend in the making, only a decade in the NFL, not asking for a whole lot of money. He's cut as well. And this all comes after really just two years removed from the Super Bowl Bad Super Bowl hangover. Matthew Stafford was injured. Might have to have Tommy John surgery. Um, Sean McVay did say he's coming back, so that is good, but we will have to see what's going to happen with the Rams, and it looks like that they could be looking to close up shop here. So we're also going to talk about some destinations for Jalen Ramsey as well. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's just wild to know that Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers in the league, Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners in the league, just just – I mean, Wagner's gone. You know, they mutually parted ways. They didn't cut him, but looking to shop Jalen Ramsey. Let's go ahead and start with it. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think, would be a great landing spot for Jalen Ramsey. They were 23rd in defensive pass yards last year, just a little over 229 given up per game. I think they needed a lead corner at the end of the day. Now, they do have secondary players outside, or excuse me, the secondary players that are outside of Jesse Bates. Um, you know, Von Bell is pretty average. Eli Apple is pretty average. I'm sure the Bengals fans are going to roast me for saying that, but I watched both of those guys play in New Orleans. Darby, I know you did as well for a short time. They're not very impressive. Um, I wouldn't depend on them in bigger plays, in big moments to actually come through. And maybe they have before, but I'm not going to depend on them in a consistent basis, and I've seen enough of their play. I think Ramsey, I know Ramsey would easily be the cornerback one here, and this has improved this defense drastically for a Bengals team that is put themselves into the conversation. A lot of hype around Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Zach Taylor is making a name for himself. We know what the Bengals are going to do and, and what they're coming to do in the NFL. I think the Chiefs will be a great landing spot for Jalen Ramsey as well. The Chiefs were 18th in defensive pass yards per game last year, and they have a pretty young secondary, but they're not too bad. They're fairly solid with the likes of Juan Thornhill. You got Legereus Sneed, the rookie, and Trent McDuffie, who wasn't too bad out of Washington. And then, of course, you have um, Justin Reed as well. I believe he was he's a safety, if I'm not mistaken. And you've got Jalen Ramsey, again, a veteran going into his eighth year, and he has been elite at times throughout his career. More often than not, he's been an elite corner in the NFL, unlike these other guys. And that's not a shot at them. But and again, it's probably funny to hear me say, oh, this will be a great landing spot for the Chiefs who just won the Super Bowl. But it doesn't mean that the Chiefs are perfect just because they won a championship. And I, I know for a fact if the Chiefs could work out a deal with Jalen Ramsey, they would put him on paper today. Now, the next one for me, which I, I think would be awesome. Um, some might not agree because it's going to be two pretty, uh, excuse me, pretty big players at the same position on the same team. Talking about the New York Jets here, who were great in the NFL. They were third in pass yards, uh, defensive pass yards per game last year. So that was definitely a positive takeaway. I want to get back into the chat. Eli Apple equals burnt toast. 100% agree, Darby. Uh, you already know what Eli Apple did slash didn't do. 
in those New Orleans days. But again, the Jets are third in defensive pass yards per game. And I know they have Sauce Gardner, but Jalen and Sauce on opposite ends, I think would just be really a top elite secondary in the NFL. And again, a veteran presence for a very young budding team with a young head coach. Also a lot of energy. You feel like the culture is turning around Jalen Ramsey. I really feel like would complement that Robert Sala energy as well, because we've heard Jalen Ramsey in his Jags days, one of the you know best smack talkers out there. Um, he kind of calmed it down when he came over to the Rams, but he know he can jab. We know that he can jab with guys either way. So the Jets would be solid. Um, not that they need it, but it would be a solid landing spot. I'm going to also mention the Ravens, who were the seventh worst in the NFL last year, 26th overall out of 32 teams in defensive pass yards per game. And, and the reason I say this, this might be a shock to some people because I know the Ravens have been riddled with injuries over the last couple of years, especially in the running back and the secondary room. And that's a reason why I am actually coming forward and putting this out here is because Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters have been banged up in those recent years. And even though, you know, like, like even though they have been banged up, I know they've been coming back. They've been playing as solid as they can, but the passing game or the passing defense has still looked bad. And Jalen Ramsey, I know would supplement very, very nicely. You rotate the, these guys in and out, however you could work them in. Jalen Ramsey plays that smash mouth. Defense. Again, he's a talker, high energy. He knows how to play well. Um, and he would just really compliment this Ravens secondary that stands for a big time defensive culture. Um, another team I think that would be great for Jalen Ramsey would be the Miami Dolphins. They're 27th in defensive yards per game this past year, which was the sixth worst, so just right below the Ravens. Xavier Howard, uh, as, as we call him for short, X Howard, of course, he could use a nice counterpart on the opposite side of the field in him in Jalen Ramsey. And, of course, Jalen Ramsey played in Florida before, coming out of Florida State, so he would be familiar, maybe not with the Miami area, but he's been in the state before, so maybe it would kind of be some roots to – to bring him back to the team. But the Dolphins are a loaded team offensively. We know about that. We saw what Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua were kind of doing for that short amount of time before, unfortunately, Tua fell apart, um, you know, in front of our eyes with the concussions. But they need some defensive help, as not only were they sixth worst in defensive pass yards per game, they were ninth worst in defensive points per game as well. Um, and again, the Dolphins are a team that I feel like, you know, the last few years, like we saw them miss the playoffs going 10 and six, I believe a couple years back into his rookie year on um, the year after that, they just shortly missed the playoffs as well. So this is a team that I'm not saying Jalen Ramsey takes him over the top and, and secures them a playoff spot, but I feel like they are on that verge kind of like, well, not even kind of like the Bengals because the Bengals just really came out of nowhere, but you've got those teams that are teetering and they're on that verge of getting that respect. They're in the media. We know what they're capable of. I mean, they were scoring like the chiefs and the and, and the Bengals, essentially, the, the Dolphins were um, through the first few weeks and months of the season before, obviously, things happened with Tua. So bringing Jalen Ramsey over, I think it'd be absolutely major for them. I'm going to also hit you guys with one as well. The team that drafted Jalen Ramsey, I think would be a great team for him to return to. The Jags, like I said, um, you know, they're going to be in the show a good bit today. And, and the Jags are definitely a team. Again, they're on the verge. They know they've got Trevor Lawrence. That was a home run. Doug Peterson just won a Super Bowl five, six years ago with the Eagles, so that's a home run. Um, the defense could be better, but bringing Jalen Ramsey back in, again, Jags fifth worst in defensive pass yards per game last year. This is the team who drafted him. He could even be a mentor to a young guy like a Tyson Campbell who was out of Georgia, fifth in the NFL in pass breakups last year, speaking there of Tyson Campbell. You got some Georgia boys uh, next to Tyson Campbell, or a Georgia boy rather, and Trayvon Walker. You got the defensive lineman and Josh Allen. You got Foye Alukin, Devin Lloyd. So this is a young team who seems like that they're ready to take that new team arriving type of role. Again, like the Bengals kind of have lately, but it's just time for them. Uh, well, not just time for them, but the the Jags pursuing Jalen Ramsey can be very, very beneficial to them. Um, and again, just bringing him back home. You know, he played at Florida State going to play in Jacksonville. So I'm not saying he wants to get out, but it would not be a bad spot for him. And then the last team, which is kind of a no brainer. Don't know if he would go here um, just because I don't know if, you know, the Vikings are necessarily like like we know they're not a Super Bowl contender. We saw the one score games that they were kind of back and forth here. Um, but nonetheless, you know. They were second worst in defensive pass yards per game last year, and they might be losing Patrick Peter Patrick Peterson in free agency, which could be major. So this one feels like a no-brainer again. And the Vikings offense was promising last season. Again, we saw a lot of the one-score close games. Uh, Kirk Cousins is solid. He's not a guy that's going to get you to, I mean, maybe it's a title game, maybe at the at the 
most it's a title game, but I don't see a Super Bowl appearance, let alone a win. So that's why I'm like, uh, would Jalen Ramsey go here? Feel kind of tough for Vikings fans because, like, again, I, I know the team is solid. It's really crazy that the defense was as good as it was just a few seasons back with a Harrison Smith, with those linebackers, with those defensive ends. Um, and it just, you know, kind of went away quickly. But, hey, the NFL stands for not for long. And I was also going to compliment maybe the Steelers as well. That would be nasty. Um, you know, on the other side of Cameron Sutton, obviously behind TJ Watt, you got some other good linebackers out there. Minka Fitzpatrick would be, uh, you know, behind him. So, I mean, there's a lot of places that Jalen Ramsey can get to. And maybe this is why the, the Rams are doing this, right? The more we talk about this trade. And I felt like I was pretty picky with the teams that I went through with. And, and hey, you know, these guys are going to be the ones that could trade for Jalen Ramsey. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, Jalen Ramsey has a lot of landing spots. Maybe the Rams see that. Uh, maybe they think they are as far out as they really are because of how the Super Bowl hangover played out. I don't really know. Um, it is what it is, though. Nonetheless, we got a super exciting topic coming in. Ryan, what's good, man? Good to see you tonight. Thanks for hopping into the show. I see we got three folks watching. Where are y'all watching me from? Two on, uh, what's it called? Two on YouTube, one on But Ryan, I see you over there on Facebook, man. Thanks so much for popping in tonight. Tuesdays and Fridays, I'm live, man. 7 p.m. Eastern time. NFL podcast, brother. I'd always love to have you in. You can call the show too if you want. 678-480-8716. Totally up to you. Um, but yeah, yeah, the Steelers would be would be a good spot as well. Now, here's a topic moving on from this as the Rams are done shopping Jalen Ramsey, or at least we're done shopping Jalen Ramsey on the show. Here is a, a story that broke that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and when we always got to, you know, just kind of release a little bit on the show, get out of the seriousness, get out of the analytics and whatnot. Um, and just, just dive into some of these, these funny topics that we see. And this one here is apparently Tom Brady. He's either considering it. He's already moved like towards it. We don't really know. I feel like if I was Brady, I would kind of keep my life on the low, not even considering how I just retired from the league, but one, I would just want my privacy and two, like just, Move in silence. You know, you never tell a person your next move. But nonetheless, Tom Brady is potentially going to chase stand-up comedy. And at first, this seems kind of funny, right? Because it's just like, one, why would you bring this up on the show? Two, would it even be great? Like, what would be the context of the stand-up? But when I think about a guy who spent some of the longest time in the NFL, let alone in a professional sport, one of those most smash mouth, unforgiving, relentless, you know, professional sports in the NFL. Um, seeing how he was after the Patriots, you know, having such a big move in his career, uh, obviously going down as the greatest of all time, winning the most Super Bowls out of any person, let alone franchise in league history, seeing how he kind of changed a little bit when he went from the Patriots, Tom Brady to the Bucks, Tom Brady. Um, so I say all that to say, I feel like there would be a lot of experiences that Tom Brady could allude to that could just potentially kind of be a, a funny talking point for him. But I mean, Tom Brady doing stand-up comedy isn't like the sexiest idea, but I mean, the guy's smart. I would probably put him as maybe, I mean, some, some would say the best I have Manning the best. He's definitely top two, top three, not top three, like top two for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Whatever y'all want to say about Brady. We know that he's the goat nonetheless. Um, but, but, would th this would be pretty interesting again just knowing all the experiences that he's had like going through the divorce like handling things with his kids he's he's going through a lot in life no question about it right and just him i was kind of having this vent um i guess him kind of having this vent would be would be cool for him uh it would kind of be a release you know i guess but apparently it's been a passion of his nonetheless this has been a passion of tom brady's he wanted to chase this for a while and Again, some relentless possible humor, some ruthless type of humor, you know, kind of like when, again, it, it felt like he was kind of an asshole when he went to the Bucks, right? He was throwing the tablets, and, and we always knew that he was chippy, and and he would talk to his teammates certain ways, but I could see him maybe making jokes about the tuck rule, about the Falcon Super Bowl, I mean, about how he won the Super Bowl in a year where the world was shut down. I mean, Tom Brady got really witty towards the end there in his career, Um but I mean, I, I would, I would tune in, you know, I would, I would see what he would possibly be about, especially if he, you know, got on YouTube with it, you know, got on TikTok, um, you know, was doing some YouTube shorts. I mean, Instagram, Facebook, whatever the case is, if he gets a media team behind, as we've seen like, and this is 
kind of like another thing as we're you know talking about it here on the show he's already got the tb12 brand um if y'all don't know who shannon sharp is he's got an awesome talk show called club shay shay we've got what's right with nick Wright. um you know we just we have a lot of people that are on shows but also go off and do their thing on the side he's got the let's go podcast so Maybe we're looking too much into it. This is just an extension of Brady. I mean, he's going through a lot in his life. He said he was going to play to a 45. He did it. Um, maybe he said at one point he was going to have the most Super Bowls ever. He did that. He's clearly the greatest quarterback of all time. Not even going to debate that. So it's going to be a new new version of Tom Brady. But I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm excited for it. I'm interested to see how it plays out for him. Um, you know, considering this could turn into a business move again, get yourself on social media, get a team behind it, uh, whether it's going to be God, I actually saw Jeff Dunham, the guy who does a lot of the puppet comedy. If if you don't know who he is, go look it up. Jeff Dunham, D-U-N-H-A-M, uh, J-E-F-F, Jeff Dunham. I know I spelled it backwards, but either way you get it. Um, he actually invited Tom Brady out to do his opening act for him since Brady's wanting to get into stand-up. So like even, even just then, like Brady could be totally bullshitting all of us, right? We don't even know if Brady's actually going to do this, but the fact that he's already getting that reaction from you know, some of these, some of these actors, some of these comedians, celebrities, whatever the case may be. Uh, so my message, go for it, Brady. I mean, go for it, dude. You've, you've, you've lived a hell of a life. I think it would be cool if, if you've got, if you've actually got the humor and the wits to pull it off, because we know that you've been an asshole in the past before. We know you're very witty. We know you have a lot of experiences uh, and you're very knowledgeable. You're very smart. So this could be, this could be something interesting, but y'all let me know in the comments. What do you think about some Brady potentially chasing excuse me, stand-up comedy, he delayed that deal with Fox in order to be able to, um, again, we don't know the rumor. Apparently, he's not going to continue to chase Giselle. Apparently, he is, you know, uh, like I said, he's going to hold off for about a year or so from Fox. So it's it's going to be interesting, and this is going to be uh, uh, something that he puts into his journey. But ladies and gentlemen, you already know what time it is. Again, this is episode eight of the NFL with AJL. We've been back for about three and a half weeks now. And as I always thank you to everyone that's on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I need to give Twitter some love, um, but the views, the followers, the engagement's been great. You can definitely be a contributor to that by hitting the QR code up here on the screen. If you can't scan that for some reason at the FL with AJL on all social media platforms. DM me, comment on my stuff. Let me know what you want to see on the show. Um, no matter what you got to say, I got people joining me about my hairline. I got people joining me about my taste. Got people joining me about being in my basement, which none are relevant and or true. <laughs> um, but I say all that to say, you can definitely let me know anything you got on your mind. It's an open mic. Here. As always, you can call the show 678-480-8716. If you're feeling brave enough, wherever you're watching the stream, I'm going to get it right one day. Please like the stream. And if you are not subscribed on YouTube, if you're watching, and also hit the bell so you never miss a post when we go live. Leave us a review, please, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your shows at. That'll help us out in the algorithm. I'm going to peep back in on my chat before we roll on. I don't see that lasting long, if at all. Not sure. Uh, oh, the Tom Brady stand-up. I mean, again, we don't know. It's early, right? It's this really made the show because it's an NFL offseason type of thing, and we gotta we gotta make sure that we're on our PCs and providing all the content about the goat that everybody wants to hear, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, Tom Brady chasing stand up. What do you think? Is it lame? Is it cool? Are you gonna go and talk to buy and sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs? Whether you need to sell your home, get you some equity, whether you need to buy your dream home looking to uh, supplement your retirement, get you some passive income with the cash flow, get you an Airbnb out in Vegas, get you an Airbnb here in Atlanta, get you a, a medium-term rental out in, I don't know, Seattle, go get you a long-term rental in California, whatever you need for your worldwide professional real estate needs at Buy and Sell AJL on all social media platforms. Make sure to get on their exclusive monthly newsletter as well. DM them with your email and they will make sure to include you on that newsletter automatically. It'll keep you ahead of the headline. And uh, who doesn't need a good real estate agent, right? Who doesn't need a professional to handle one of the big purchases that some of us are ever going to have in our lives? I know when I bought my house, it was one of the, it was my biggest purchase to date. It usually goes like house, car, unless you buy a business or an exotic car, exotic car or, or whatever it is, you know, like land 
and property is going to be one of the most expensive things you buy. So you definitely want to hire a professional to help you out with that. We are 30 minutes on the dot into the show. I feel like we are flying here, but we're going to slow down a tad bit. Uh, not in a bad way, not in a good way either, but nonetheless, let's go ahead and get into the back half of the show. I want to talk about the top five sleeper teams for 2023 pre-NFL draft. I plan to do this again once we obviously have the NFL draft. And, and by the way, I just want y'all to know draft content is coming. I am itching to put draft content out right now, but I know like, like obviously as a small creator, you want to stay as relevant as you can. That's like most of the reason why I do a second show every week is so I can stay relevant and catch all this news. But like knowing all the mock drafts that are out there, knowing how you know there's so many positions to break down and and clearly as y'all have seen when i watch the show or at least i like to think that i like to dive deep into stuff and and especially if it's worth it and the draft is one of those things uh, mark your calendars thursday april 27th we are going to be live here in studio watching the nfl draft live reactions i'll let you come into the show if you want you'll be able to call comment uh, it's going to be awesome so i just wanted y'all to know we got plenty of nfl draft content coming scratch that though we're going to talk about the top five sleeper teams for the 2023 NFL season. Call the show if you're brave enough. Let me know your teams. Comment. Let me know who's the biggest sleeper. Who is nobody talking about right now? Before we get into the 2023 NFL season, before the draft unfolds on us. Number one, this team might not be a sleeper for y'all, but nonetheless. And the reason it might not be a sleeper is because so many teams talking about it but number one go ahead and give me those Jacksonville Jaguars we know what Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson have been doing again Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl five years ago Trevor Lawrence took a big leap in his second year I think he's going to officially have everyone convinced that he has arrived by next year Calvin Ridley's coming back from suspension so that's going to be major Travis Etienne showed major problems coming off of his injury I thought Travis Etienne was the best running back in the draft and he looked great this past season with over a thousand yards looking good in game had some touchdowns as well and their defense again has some names that you would really really have respect for josh allen on the defensive line foy aluakin who's a linebacker that came over from the falcons you've got devin lloyd as well trayvon walker the former number one overall pick and then you've got tyson campbell also who was in the second round corner out of georgia so you definitely got some players on that defensive side of the ball like I mentioned, they were 12th overall in defensive points per game and defensive rush yards per game, but their total yards and their passing yards for the defense, they were bottom five in both, the, both of those, so clearly not too great in that aspect. And they did. People forget. I, I know the Chargers blew the lead. I get it. Ha, ha, ha. The Chargers, Chargers, Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, whatever, right? They still had that comeback under a Trevor Lawrence, under a Doug Peterson, under a young team. And they still only lost to the Chiefs by seven in the divisional. And obviously the Chiefs were the actual Super Bowl champions. So there's a lot of promise with this team right here. Again, I, I said it earlier in the show, after week nine, pro football focus graded only Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow higher than Trevor Lawrence at the quarterback position. Trevor Lawrence is definitely reigning that number one pick status right about now. Go get him, DeAndre Hopkins. Bring in Jalen Ramsey. I feel like by the time the draft happens and the season starts, the, the Jaguars, hell, they, they might be top 10 in Super Bowl odds for all we know. Definitely a team that's heating up. The number two team, and, and I know I said top five sleeper teams, but like as I was collecting the notes before the show and as I've done the research, it's like, man, like you, you, you can you can read and be like, oh, the Cardinals are sleepers and the Texans are sleepers, but like let's be real, right? Let, let's talk about teams that like if they made it, it would shock you. But of course, once you watch this video and get your breakdown, you're like, oh, it's it's not that confusing at all. So number two for me, and I feel like this team is a sleeper team because, you know, of the division they're in. Um, I'm going to kind of give it away. Obviously, they've got Patrick Mahomes in their division, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion, one of the greatest they've ever seen. It's going to give them fits, but they also, <clears throat> excuse me. They also have that brand new head coach and Sean Payton. And again, I feel like just a ton of people right now are counting them out. And I'm talking about the Denver Broncos. I said it when we first debuted and, and a little later afterwards when I posted the second video that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are going to help each other out. <coughs> and I believe personally they're going to expand each other's game. The reason I say Sean, Pil Sean Payton will help Russell Wilson, we know Russell Wilson just looked like crap last year. We saw Sean Payton take over one of the worst sports franchises in the world, let alone in the NFL, uh, in the Saints, made them a contender for you know 15 out of the 20 years he was there, won them a Super Bowl. We know what Sean Payton did. 
But you also have the fact that Sean Payton, for just, you know, I mean, Drew Brees had a big arm. He could throw the deep ball, but he wasn't known for, like, super big pass plays. He was just very efficient, and he would carve you up for, like, no joke, 35 completions a game if you let him. Um, so knowing Sean Payton dealt with a, a guy that kind of always had some doubts in his arm strength because that's why he became a New Orleans Saint, of course, you know, coming from the from the Dolphins with the shoulder. So Sean Payton never really got that big, like, big playmaker type of quarterback like like respect to drew i'm not doubting on drew clearly i have his jersey on the wall for the reason uh or jersey on the wall for a reason but like the big plays that russell wilson can make especially on the move ad-libbing like love you drew but that just wasn't something that was in drew's game at as high of a level that it was in in, in russell wilson's game so i feel like when you couple that with what sean payton has done in his nfl career clearly one of the most insane legendary creative offensive minds we've ever seen that's why I personally believe that the Browns are going to be okay. Um, you know, and again, Russell Wilson's getting one of those insane offensive minds in Sean Payton. Sean Payton's getting a time playmaker in Russell Wilson. And I know Russ was just bad last year, but I believe Sean Payton is really going to get him right. I really do. There's a very good defense here in, in Denver. There's no question about that. And Sean Payton just brought in Vance Joseph, which was kind of a head scratcher to me, but I get it. Former coach, you know, maybe you're just bringing in some culture guys that would listen to him. You know, he coached shortly after the Super Bowl season and then left with a, you know, I think he won like 33% of his games. Um, you know, so that's kind of confusing. Also know that they brought in the quarterbacks coach as well. So there are some, some things that Sean Payton's doing to where maybe that's why people aren't, and, I, and I'm not even high on the Broncos, right? But aren't as high on the Broncos as I am. Um, I personally see them being the second best team in the AFC West. Y'all can think what you want. I know the Chiefs are going to be, you know, far and away above them. But if the Broncos won 11, 12 games next year, I, I would not be shocked. Like, I firmly believe that team still has it in them. Like, don't forget about Jerry Judy and Devontae Williams and Cortland Sutton and, and Sean Payton mending Russell Wilson. And, and we know what the defense has been for the last three, four seasons. They were just suffering from Drew Locke and, and Teddy Bridgewater and whoever it was out there in Denver, you know. Um, but I'm excited to see, to see Sean Payton work all this out. You know, teams still not freshly sold, but they were sold last season. You know, new head, new quarterback. And, and again, I said it, the Broncos are not going to be as good as everybody thinks. They had a lot of noise going on. It's time for Sean Payton to clean it up. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying AFC title game. Um, I guess maybe that would define a sleeper. But again, just a team that no one is really talking about right now that I think is going to impress a lot of people. Put me down for the Denver Broncos. Give me some of that stock. Now, another team, I'm going to rebound with another big take here, but I want to check the chat first. Nope, I'm not forgetting about anybody, so let's go ahead and roll on. Give me the Cleveland Browns right here. Let's not forget that they still have Kareem Hunt. They still have Nick Chubb. Amari Cooper's there. Uh, clearly, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku. We know some of the players that are on that offense, but more importantly, that entire defensive front seven is still intact with you know Garrett Wilson, uh, not Garrett Wilson, uh, Miles Garrett, Jock, Jeremiah Wusukor Moore, the linebacker. You got Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, and Newsom on the back end, you know, in the secondary. And those are fairly younger guys that were just brought over to the team, let alone brought into the league not too long ago. I, I vividly remember the Delpit and the Greg Newsom pick. I remember the Jock pick as well. Miles Garrett, number one overall pick a few years back. You know, so this team still has plenty of people on it to where again, I'm not I'm not calling for an AFC title game or or a Super Bowl. But if the Browns won 10 to 12 games next year, I wouldn't be shocked. And I, and I know you're probably, well, what about Deshaun Watson? Here we go. I still know Deshaun Watson has juice left in the tank. I know he looked like crap last year, but let's not forget that he literally went through, and I'm not bringing his situation up, but he went through all the allegations, that life-altering situation, and essentially missed almost 30 straight NFL games. He didn't play for a whole season. Deshaun Watson literally had an amazing season, threw for almost 5,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns, and we didn't see him on the field for an entire year. So he comes back after week 11, obviously doesn't look great. You know, I just think it would be silly to be out on Deshaun Watson. Like, uh, again, you know, we we could potentially have the the whole, you know, how Le'Veon Bell sat out and it looked great when he came back and, you know, how Derrick Rose got hurt and never looked the same again. I'm not comparing injuries or sitting out, but when players have certain things in their career and they're, and they're just never really the same again, could that happen with Deshaun Watson? Duh, absolutely. No question about that. But I do believe the Browns are still going to be able to be solid. Again, you've got a Kareem Hunt. You've got a Nick Chubb. You've got an Amari Cooper. Deshaun Watson. Um, I really should have put him in my top 10 quarterbacks for next year. I probably got him just below Joe Smith. I've got him better than a Kirk. I've got him better than a Dak. It's the reason I had Aaron Rodgers number two. Oh, Adam, he only threw for 3,500 yards. He also lost to Adams. 
It took him a couple months to gel with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Um, I mean, what, like, what do you want to happen? You know, <laughs> like, what do you what do you want to happen? You know, Aaron Rodgers is still the second best quarterback to me because he's just one season removed from back to back MVPs. I'm still going to have faith in Deshaun Watson because of what I saw from him. He didn't even spend a full five years, solid years in the NFL. I think he had three. He had three great years, missed one, had a little over a thousand yards after coming back after week 11. So the Browns are definitely going to be a sleeper team to me. The next team that I think is going to be a sleeper. I want to check the chat real quick here. Browns ain't it broski. Uh, I mean, I, with everything I just put out there, bro, I can't really deny it. You know, I, I, I feel pretty confident not to, you know, lower you or anything I, I feel pretty confident in that take though i mean like yeah the contract could potentially go down as the worst in nfl history and, and some people said i was petty for saying that but here's the thing if deshaun watson doesn't take you to at least one super bowl just take you to at least one super bowl i think you have to win at least one and go to at least two but i'm gonna be nice just take you to one and i'm again i'm, I'm being nice might be being too nice whatever um but you know like i'm outside of the contract, Deshaun Watson's still a solid player. And I know I can't, you know, confidently say that or whatever, but we know what Deshaun Watson was, um, you know, before he, before all, all that happened with him. So I'm going to feel pretty good about that Browns team there. Da -da, da -da. Had to make sure no one was calling the show. Another team that I think could be a, well, so that, that's really like my three sleepers, right? My three big sleepers are going to be the Jaguars, the Broncos, and the Browns. A couple teams that could be sleepers, but they're just not completely rounded. Like I look at the Browns, they're rounded on both sides of the ball. I don't, I don't care what you say. They just had a weird season because they didn't have their quarterback for eleven games. Um, the Broncos just hired Sean Payton to fix Russell Wilson. I think will be no problem. I'm not going to say, oh, it's going to be super back to you know superstar forty touchdown rush. No, I'm not saying that. But if Russell Wilson again came forward and threw for forty six hundred yards. And 28 touchdowns like I, I wouldn't be shocked you know that's that's Russell Wilson that's what you've seen out of him and then the Jags obviously just you know really surprised all of us and, and played with a lot of house money this year um, but the first team I'm going to say that I'm kind of on the fence about is the Steelers and it's going to be because of Kenny Pickett you know Kenny Pickett did uh, show a little bit of promise he still had seven touchdowns and nine interceptions at the end of the day with under 2,500 yards in 12 rookie starts and I know it took him a minute to obviously get, obviously get the reins handed over to him of course Mitchell Trubisky which uh, <laughs> Steelers GM says he wants Trubisky to be a Steeler forever or for as long as he can or, or, or whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, Kenny Pickett, he's, he's solid. Ryan, if you catch this video, I know you will love you, man. The, the Packers, not the Packers, the Steelers are solid, but I just, I don't know if I can put them as a sleeper team yet. We know what the defense is. TJ Watt, you know, Sutton in the secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick. I already said that they should go get Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, George Pickens looked great in his first year. Najee Harris looked awesome in his first year as well. Um, you know, some Georgia and Alabama boys just tearing it up on the offense. And, and a guy like Mike Tomlin, he's a legend. You know, he's a GOAT. He's one of the best we've ever seen. Never had a losing season. Um, and to know that he went 9-8 and eight with a Kenny Pickett, um, you know, and just with a team that didn't have a, a ton of, of – I mean, I'm not even going to say they didn't have a ton of roster talent because they they have a good bit of they good bit. I mean, they have one of the better rosters, you know, one of the better rosters in the league. It might not be like towards the tops, but I think it's better than middle of the pack. I think it's better than average. You could call it good, you know. Uh, but without that quarterback, it's just like, uh, you know, best case scenario next year, I see Kenny Pickett throwing 22, 25 touchdown passes, you know maybe just a, a tick under 4,000 yards. I'm, I, I can't really speculate that far. You know, you obviously got to get really creative, dig into the numbers, look at their projections. Like I, I'm into that, but not super, super heavy, unless obviously the topic is calling for it. Um, and then I can turn into that numbers aficionado, right? But yeah, with, with, with Kenny Pickett, it's just going to be hard to see this team like actually contending for something. Um, another team I would say here, you know, I, I wanted to put them in the conversation, but question at the quarterback position is going to be the New York Jets. Clearly, uh, Zach Wilson's not it. Uh, people like Mike White more than Zach Wilson. Joe Flacco is a lost cause. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Steelers and the Lions. They got multiple offensive pieces that are young, but no real solid quarterback situation unless New York goes and grabs Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, which we uh, heard reports that they'll go all out to sign Aaron Rodgers. And I think Lamar in New York would be, would be solid as well. I'm not even going to say that it wouldn't be, right? Um, you know, the defense, the, the offensive players that they have overall, but yeah, I, I couldn't put I couldn't put the Jets in there yet either. 
Um, you know, just because again, quarterback position question mark, no quarterback equals no threat in today's NFL. I wanted to say the commanders also, and, and that might be a shock to a lot of y'all, but like they do have some promise in the roster, a little more than I gave them credit for recently. There is some on that offense that does complement that defense. So again, playmakers on both sides of the ball. They just cut Carson Wentz though, which we'll probably get into for the next episode. Um, you know, they could be potentially vying for a quarterback at the 16th overall pick. I think they have in the NFL this year. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot of question marks with that quarterback position as well. They can say that Sam Howell's the guy, but he's not. I get it. Eric Bianabi just came in there, and, and that could be a reason you would want to put them in the sleeper conversation. And that was kind of a driving force for me. And I believe Eric Bianabi could have that effect to where, you know, he could draw a quarterback in. I'm not going to, you know, name names, but people could want to go play for Eric Bianabi. I think he's the soon to be head coach for the commanders probably after this season. And it's going to break the headlines. We're all going to freak out about it. But I told you that's what he was doing. He was looking at the bigger picture when he went over to Washington. Um, and then, you know, the last team that I, I really almost put them in there, like for sure, and kept the Steelers out, but I'm going to have to keep the Lions out as well. Um, you know, and, and again, I wanted to put the Steelers in there because I, uh, or the Steelers over the Lions because the Steelers have a lot of talent or they have more talent than the Lions. I think they're better ran. They obviously have Mike Tomlin. Um, now the Lions do have the better quarterback in Jared Goff, who, who clearly played well this past season. I was very shocked, but also not at the same time about that. Um, plus the Lions might have the worst ran defense in the NFL. I think they were bottom five in all major categories. They were just absolutely horrible. I think they were dead last in the league in yards given up per game. So take that for what it is. So my three, four sure sleeper teams are the Jaguars, the Broncos, and the Browns. Four teams that if they got the quarterback situation correct, I could definitely put them in sleepers, and maybe they wouldn't even be sleepers at that point because of them actually having quarterbacks. That's going to be the Steelers, the Jets, the Commanders, and the Lions. Y'all get in the comments. Let me know what you think about my sleeper teams for the 2023 NFL season. Are they right? Are they wrong? Do they make any sense to you? Again, if you're brave enough, make sure to call the show 678-480-8716. Wherever you're watching the stream live, please give us a like, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter. Excuse me. Um, like the stream, please subscribe on YouTube, hit the bell as well. You already know about the QR code for every bit of social media and podcast content. If you can't find us, you're just not looking hard enough at the NFL with AJL. It's the exact same across all platforms. I even think if you search that in your podcast platforms as well, you find it. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your shows at. Um, if you can't find my show, but you watch us like if you can't find the podcast, but you watch us on social media or you watch us live, let me know. I'll make sure to get the show on there for you. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the last topic of the show here. We talked about Justin Fields last week. This one really isn't a surprise, but the Bears are now officially shopping the number one draft pick, which, yeah, water's wet as well, right? No shocker for that. But what should they actually do with this pick? What should the Chicago Bears actually do with the number one overall pick and apparently i think it's been 12 times that the pick has been dealt before draft day we recently saw the falcons jump up in the early 2000s to take michael we obviously saw the rams move up from 15 to 1 that one year to take jared goff number one overall so we've seen some action we saw the dolphins obviously manipulate draft a few years back i think with um or i think the texans did it to the dolphins and that's what channeled into larry me tunzel We've seen the Niners in recent years jump up for Trey Lance. So we've seen a lot of, you know, draft day activity and the Bears now find themselves in another position. They are apparently, quote, leaning towards trading the number one overall pick and they have received multiple calls on it. So, of course, they're going to listen like and again, y'all know how I feel about Justin Fields. I think he's the guy. I love the athleticism. He's now only the third quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick to have over a thousand yards rushing in and excuse me, y'all in an NFL season uh, for a quarterback. So that's clearly remarkable there. But, and, and again, I, I think Justin Fields is the guy, you know, he hasn't had a consistent offensive weapon. He hasn't had consistent coaches. He's had two coaches in years. Clearly this coach just got him the number one overall pick. And I'm not saying that Eberflus was supposed to do amazing things with this team, but, you know, damn, three wins. I mean, it's, it is unfortunate, but it is what it is at the end of the day. I do think that them leaning towards the number one overall pick, though, is good. They need to keep Justin Fields, again, the head coaches, the offensive weapons, like get him some consistency. Go check my short and my video that I just posted about Justin Fields actually needing more time 
because you look at the fact that um, you look at the fact that, you know, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts there for a second had a lot or not had a lot of time, but, you know, we're kind of getting doubted. We had questions about them. Josh Allen gets Stefan Diggs. Looks good. Jalen Hurts gets him with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Clearly looks good. Sorry, y'all. I just didn't want to have some potential nose runnings here on the live show. Ugh, allergies are crazy. Comment to everywhere y'all are watching from. I'm obviously down here in Atlanta, Georgia, and one day it's 45 and freezing for two weeks. And after it's been cold as hell for two weeks, it's 80 degrees and clammy. And the sweater you wore that morning, you're now sweating your ass off. If you know about Georgia weather, get in the comments. Let me know. If you know, you know, as they say. If you don't know, you probably don't want to know. I don't like George weather, uh, but it's cool here. Born and raised my whole life. But anyways, back to the show. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I I do think this is good. And when you look at like they need everything right, they need to get offense for Justin Fields. They need to get, you know, trenches. They need to get a corner like they they literally need everything. Right. But not a quarterback. And so when you look at like they could drop to second, you know, I, I want to take a look real quick at the at the NFL draft order here. Um, just to make sure that I have everything right. So, you know, when you take a look that they could trade down to the Texans, who are the second in the draft, and they could jump up to take that Bryce Young, you know, that Anthony Richardson, that Will Levis, that C.J. Stroud, who's a lot of conversation about who's going to go first overall. Um, obviously, you have the Colts at four. They could trade down with them. But I think moving down multiple times in this draft is going to be ideal because when you go and take a look at the big board, you know, Bryce Young, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud. But when you start to look, you know, obviously they're not going to go quarterback. I don't know if, I mean, you could take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson number one overall. I wouldn't be the biggest fan of it. And, and that's why I think you should trade down because, again, you know, like uh, just taking an edge rusher, like number one overall, I get it. It's been done before. Like we've seen the Aiden Hutchinson's, you know, you've seen the TJ Watts, we've seen the JJ Watts, you know, and I don't know exactly how high those guys were drafted, but for instance, Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall last year, it was a good pick. Aiden Hutchinson was great. Nine and a half sacks, you know, awesome rookie year, but it's just a position that the bears are in. Like, would it really be worth it to go with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, number one overall? And I used to think that it was, but then just things have changed out, you know, and, 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 played out and changed up kind of a good bit, you know, for the bears. Um, so it's just like, yeah, just trying to like collect everything here, here for the bears. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, moving down multiple times, it would just be very smart. It'd be very, very smart for the bears to move down multiple times. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I wouldn't, necessarily want them to spend the number one overall pick on a player drop down don't do jalen carter don't do will anderson and, and maybe if you even move down and manipulate it enough that you could get maybe both will anderson and jalen carter i know it's crazy it probably won't happen like that i actually saw a bears fan comment that um on a video as i was doing some research but you know i mean again you you look at the fact that there's plenty of holes with this Chicago team, but the offense has to be a priority. And to know that this is where I was getting at when I kind of just lost my train of thought to know that the bears have went, you know, heavy defense. Like it's unfortunate. That's, that's what they do in the draft. They draft defense. Right. And I get that that's part of their culture. That's kind of who they've been for a while or, or always been, but like Justin Fields is in the house. He's talked about how he would like a Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know you're not going to get him or you're not going to pick him that high considering where you're at, but like, listen to him. Get him some players, buy in on some guys for him. Go, go make a move for him. I mean, probably not sexy, but DeAndre Hopkins to the Bears, I'm here for it. If you're talking about giving that to Justin Fields, okay. We saw what it did for Kyler. Again, we saw what happened with Jalen Hurts when he got a receiver. We saw what happened with with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs as they gained each other. And and I do think DeAndre's, you know, already at a higher level, but just in terms of of getting Justin Fields up there, but like it, it is unfortunate, you know, and and again, I said it in the last video about this is you steal the draft. Like I, I said it, I was hype as hell. I thought the Falcons should have either trade, you know, uh, drafted Justin Fields at number four or they should have traded down. I actually said that year that they should have traded down because they still had Matt Ryan at the time. I still believed in Matt Ryan for the situation he was in. So knowing now that the Bears could trade down, and be able to benefit off of all this. God, I, I feel like I'm I'm losing my train of thought as we get through this topic. Um, 
but yeah, you know, it's it's just like seeing how the Falcons had everything in their grasps in that one NFL draft at number four, and they could have used a lot of rule to trade down, and they didn't. I think the Bears can be in the same position here. You got to go get offense. You have to go get Justin Fields some offense. I get it. You might want to start from the interior with the line, wherever you think your foundational pieces are, but I want to see Justin Fields get some help. Bears need to go O-line to project Justin. 100% agree with you there, Darby, but trade down for sure. Yep, yep, yep. No question about it, man. And again, you know, I think this news broke at the right time. It's leaking at the right time, right as the NFL Combine's coming up and it's starting to unfold, which is where a lot of scouts and a lot of teams congregate together, you know, to be able to talk about things, which I don't, like the Combine is great. That's obviously your raw skills, 40-yard dash time, you know, elusiveness, quickness, all that. The Combine is good. I'm, I don't go crazy over it, and I'm definitely not even going to talk about a pro day where guys are throwing in shorts with no defenders or wind like come on now you know the combines were more, worth more than the pro day but essentially it's both of them like eh, i'd like to see you in the senior bowl or you know how you really played in your big time games in your college career but again trading down is a must manipulating this draft um you know getting some steals and some package deals as you move down i really feel like puts them in the driver's seat because you look you've got washington looking for a quarterback sam howell's not their guy ryan Tannehill might be not a Titan next year. So you've got the Titans that could be looking for it. The Bucks are clearly like they say they're rolling with Kyle Trask, but are they really? Um, the Panthers obviously are looking for a quarterback. Frank Reich has been really wanting to mold his guy. I don't think he wants to get a Band-Aid veteran quarterback. You got the Falcons as well, who actually just cut Marcus Mariota today. So maybe they could be moving forward with Desmond Ritter. Um, but nonetheless, the Falcons could be a person that's calling. You've got the Colts as well the Texans, the Raiders, these are all people that are going to be fiending possibly over these top four picks because let's be real, if four quarterbacks were taken in the top four picks of the draft, depending on how trades play out, that's that's not going to be a surprise. You know, like there are four, as of my judgment right now, there are four first-round NFL quarterbacks in this draft. Um, so you're going to have people fighting over this. Like this quarterback draft is is one of the best, and not one of the best, but one of the better in recent memory, like as you compare it to that 2021 draft, I believe it was, you know, with the with the Justin Fields, with the Trevor Lawrence, with the Trey Lance, with the Zach Wilson, like there was a lot of hype around that, you know, and the Bears having this number one overall pick, they're in a prime position. They could really make some things happen. And I feel like a timeline that we could see a deal be done for the Bears is, you know, right after we have that first big surge of free agency, we see, you know, kind of how the Chargers just just took it all over last year. After those first few big surges, players are signed, money's dealt out, this, that, and the third, because the league years start to think on March 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, it'll be great news as things happen. Um, but yeah, you know, this is the, I think, you know, it breaks at the right time. You've got plenty of positions to be able to move down into especially considering how much you actually need. Um, you know, again, I, I think it's breaking at the right time because of how the combine's about to happen. You could see a deal happen shortly after free agency, that first big surge of free agency leading up to the draft night. But I will say the Bears do need to be prepared in making a pick at the number one overall position, which if they did, I'm probably going to lead Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, which again, it's it's not sexy to me, number one overall pick going defense. Maybe that's what they want to do. I don't know. I hope they're smart. I hope they trade back. I really, really hope that um, the Bears are just really knowledgeable with this pick. I want to check back into the chat before we get out of here tonight. The Saints should have kept their 10th pick. We could be trading up for a quarterback. Yeah, Darby, you just want to piss me off before we get off the show, huh, bro? Because I feel the same way. And and I said it when we first debuted back a few weeks ago. You know, you take Take the 29th overall pick. You try to package Michael Thomas, maybe Cade Nellis in next year's first round and just try to move up, you know? Um, yeah, I know you're trying to piss me off right before we get out on the show with you replying yes there. But, yeah, I, I wish you would have kept the pick, man. It uh, Still can't believe we just traded CJ right before the season ended, man. Traded Chauncey Garners-Johnson right before the season ended. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to wrap up episode of the end AJL. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Wherever you're watching the stream live tonight, please make sure that you like it. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell so you never miss a post. The QR code will take you to every bit of social media content that we've got and podcast platforms. Please leave us a review, follow on social, hit me up in the DMs about what you want to see on the show, what you thought about it. If you can't use that QR code at the NFL with AJL on all social platforms, this was episode eight. 
I super appreciate everyone. Don't forget we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide real estate needs at Buy and Sell with AJL on all social platforms. Get on that newsletter. They've got you covered. This was episode eight. I appreciate you guys. We will be back on Friday. March will officially be upon us. God, I think it'll be what? March 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern time live on all the platforms. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. The NFL with AJL signing out.